Hello, Stoned Apes and others who are curious about the healing powers of psychedelic medicines. Welcome to the Stoned Ape Reports. I'm your host, Stuart Preston. Each episode, I talk to another Stoned Ape, somebody who has experienced the transformational powers of psychedelics, or with a practitioner who works with these medicines. In this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Michelle Janikian. Michelle is the author of Your Psilocybin Mushroom Companion, the down-to-earth guide that details how to use magic mushrooms like an adult. She has written for publications like High Times, Rolling Stone, and Herb. Now she writes a column for Playboy on all things drug-related, and also contributes to Double Blind Mag, Mary Jane, Psychedelics Today, and others. She discussed her shamanic mushroom ceremony, feeling worthy again, and gaining strength from her experience. Please enjoy this episode with Michelle Janikian. Michelle, thank you so much for for being here on the Stone Ape Reports. I, I really appreciate it, and, and we'll talk about your awesome book here in a minute. Um, but in the beginning uh, of the book, you kind of shared your psilocybin origin story, you know, and, and so I was hoping you could kind of tell us a little bit about what drew you to magic mushrooms, to psilocybin mushrooms, and, you know, why you feel, why you felt pulled to do, you know, your retreat. Right. So um, I wrote this book that's uh, called Your Psilocybin Mushroom Companion, and it is meant to be like a guide on how to use mushrooms safely. And in my intro, like you just mm-hmm. mentioned, I, um, so I talk about two different mushroom experiences. First, my very first one, and I was a teenager, I was only 17, and oh, yeah. I didn't I didn't know all the stuff in my book. <laughs> and that's kind of like, I explain why I wrote the book, because preparation and it is so important having like a, uh, I don't want to say a positive experience, but a safe experience. Um, But then, yeah, later, like 13 years later, just actually exactly a year ago, I was at my first mushroom retreat. um, And I had been really called to mushrooms. I've always really enjoyed um, mushrooms and they've given me a lot of insight. Um, but I had never really done it in like a ceremony or in this kind of like group experience. I had done it with like small groups of really close friends, but not like, you know, retreats are total strangers. Um, not at the end, but at the beginning. And, um, so, you know, uh, I was drawn to my, I mean, mushrooms, I'm always, I've always been drawn to like altering my consciousness and doing like inner work. I'm a really reflective person anyway. And mushrooms can Mm kind of open that um, perspective even more and give me a lot of deep insight. And it's kind of like a chicken or egg thing because I did have a strong mushroom experience at such a young age. It's like, was I always this open and like self-reflective or was it that really first, that first trip? I think I've always been like this though. Um, But it definitely helps like, you know, mushrooms have always given me this, this insight, this new perspective, sometimes like a a distance from my daily grind, Um, not an escapism, but more of like, oh, just a way to look at it and accept it or to look at it and figure out, what needs a little bit of altering? What needs to change that I can like be happier or, or serve my family or my community better, these kinds of things. Um, and so, you know, I've always been kind of drawn to this whole world. Um, 
but as far as that retreat goes, that's like a whole, so yeah, um, I felt pulled to do the retreat for a bunch of reasons. So for one, I mean, most practical research for the book, I really wanted to have different types of mushroom experiences so that I could, you know, Mm -hmm. explain them to folks and, you know, just having the experience just makes it easier to, to recommend or to give people advice, you know, um, But more than that, like, I also was really intrigued by the idea of ceremony. Like, I knew that, like, creating a container for my psychedelic experiences made them more meaningful, made them easier to process and to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't have much more experience than my own little rituals and stuff at home. And I wanted to um, really experience, like, how the actual ceremony holds space for you rather than, like, maybe a trip sitter or other people. Like, it's really the right. act of the whole um, experience that is, like, really the space holder that really lets you, like, marks this moment as significant and really lets you kind of dive into it with this open mind and heart. Um, and I really I, – I was interested in that and then really felt it when I was there um, – I was also pulled to this particular retreat, which is called, um, well, there's, there's two retreat leaders. One is the Buena Vida, um, and the other is Lusa Tarna, but they did this, like, combined retreat when I was there. Um, but they're both still active retreats that you can look up. Um, but they're run by women. Okay. Both retreat um, leaders are women, and that really made me feel comfortable because you really have to feel, like, safe and comfortable in your surroundings to – uh, you know, really released to the psychedelic experience. And they were in Mexico, and I am also based in Mexico. And I thought that was really cool. Mm. And we'd have that to connect over. And I talked to them on the phone, and I read their reviews. And I just really thought that they were, like, safe and, like, loving, supportive people to do this deep experience, this deep work with. And um, luckily, my intuition was right, and they are. But I just wanted to make a note here that retreats can be uh, just, it's a hard area to navigate if you are interested in this. So really do your homework, because not every situation, they're not all created equal. Some are a little less safe and just Mm. mm, than others. And so if you are interested in this kind of work, I really recommend you do your homework first, um, because you really have to feel safe. Um, but I did, and these women are amazing. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was, I really wanted to do, I wasn't sure when I first started researching the book if I wanted to do like a one on one, like kind of facilitated, guided, more therapeutic thing, or this whole mm-hmm. like retreat ceremonial shamanic thing. And they both really appealed to me. Um, but the one on one, stuff was much harder for me to also find like a uh um and to facilitate my experience I put out some feelers to some researchers and community members I knew and I got a little bit of a response mostly like from some male facilitators that I just like didn't feel comfortable going into with yeah um yeah it's just you know that's just me that's not everyone but I just um, understandable yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, I just feel felt safer doing it with women, like, you know, around my age. I'm only 31. The, the retreat leaders were in their late 30s, early 40s, and that just made me feel um, safe. Uh, yeah. And so the group experience also appealed to me because 
I'm a very um, introverted person, and I also like not just introverted. I can I deal with some sometimes pretty crippling social anxiety where my instinct mm. is to avoid and not to go into social experiences. I'm like, you know, it would be easier going home, being alone and watching Netflix and smoking a joint. And that's not the healthiest <laughs> thing, usually. Uh, right. You know, it's much, I get just so much, like, and I know this uh, intellectually that I get so much more, like, heart-filling experiences when I do open up, you know, to other people and hang out and participate. And it's hard with strangers and stuff. But so I was really looking for some just, like, healing in that way and um and i really yeah. I, I i found it i really was able to get out of my shell and the whole container that we created in the week-long retreat it's really set that up as well because you're all there just like being really open about all this like really emotional stuff that maybe you don't even talk to your close friends about you don't want to bring them down or like something and yeah it, it was really powerful you it's if the retreat is set up well it can be really great for connecting you with other people because like not only does like the mushroom experience kind of like connect you with others and nature and yourself just kind of like as an inherent part of a higher dose experience but just that whole like the the whole week of making these new friends and and kind of like having all these realizations like both in the trip and uh, in the ceremonies and like you know in the days in between where you don't have ceremony where you just realize that like we're all going through really similar stuff like I'm not the most damaged mm. nervous person in the room like we're all like I don't have to compare myself to others either like that's not super healthy like you know and that was just all really eye-opening and a lot of these people are still my friends the retreat leaders especially but a lot of the guests as right. well I'm about to go on this little mini book tour and really looking forward to reconnecting with some of the other folks that were on that retreat while I travel around the U.S. a little. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's how I, like, really felt pulled to both this particular medicine and, like, group shamanic retreat experiences in general. Okay. That's awesome. The uh, a couple things I'm curious about, because I've never done a mushroom retreat with other individuals um mm -hmm. one thing is how are how are the doses what kind of doses do they give if you can answer that and i know with lsd and, and psilocybin there is a, a built-in tolerance and i've always heard and felt that you had to wait a week or two before doing more so how how do they handle that yeah it's a really good question and that was my first like question when i was reading about this retreat because it's it was three different ceremonies in the course of a week and I was like wait I'm gonna take mushrooms three times in a week that's totally nuts like what <laughs> um and it does sound so like a lot. right um and so you know it sounds like a lot and I laugh now but it actually really works um so I'll start with like uh well first of all like it's if you uh, it's very similar the way my retreat leaders did it. Um, they were all trained in the ayahuasca tradition. So it, the ceremony okay. and like the way that set up is kind of similar to the ayahuasca tradition and ayahuasca retreats where you go and you do ceremony and drink the medicine like every other night. Um, and so that's right. what we did in the mushroom retreat. We, um, we drank the mushrooms in a tea um, every other night in ceremony and yeah so doses started they were like incremental dosing so the first um 
experience was the the lowest amount of mushrooms was offered and in this particular retreat it was 0.5 to 2 grams of dried mushrooms and they were really quite strong um i think they were golden teachers philosophy cubensis um and but other retreats go a little higher like i actually just recently volunteered as a trip sitter at a retreat here in mexico and on the first one we offered up to three grams because it was a smaller group and it was only women and um yeah, we decided to offer people a little a little higher. So the first is the smallest. Yeah. And personally, on when I was a guest, I only took 1.5. I just really wanted to make sure I was comfortable and like see what the medicine was like. I, and and it was still, uh, I definitely had a psychedelic experience. It was very um, kind of opening like my heart and my emotions and a lot of stuff that I didn't really realize I hadn't been dealing with bubbled up. You know, like they say it will. It wasn't exactly like repressed right. memories, but but stuff that I um, I saw that I, I really have a lot more hurt there and I'm not dealing with it and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then so the second retreat, uh, the second ceremony, excuse me, um, is a more moderate dose we offered um, or, or the retreat leaders offered. It's, it was 0.5 again because you can stay low. You don't have to keep going up um, to up to um, 3.5 grams. And then in this one I volunteered at, it was up to 5 grams for the moderate dose. Wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> because on that one we offered up to 7 for the highest dose. And then, so the, and then the last ceremony is the highest dose which when I, again, when I was a guest, was up to five grams for the highest dose. And when I was a facilitator, up to seven. Um, and so that's how it works in this like incremental dose thing. And it's, so, you, you know, you mentioned tolerance buildup and you're right. The recommendation for folks when you're doing this at home or something is like to take a psychedelic maybe once a month, maybe even less, uh, you know, for both integration and tolerance. Um, but in this scenario, I didn't feel a big tolerance buildup. Like on my second trip and my third trip, I still had really powerful and stronger experiences. Um, And I was, you know, going up uh, little by little. And I think that's, you know, I think giving yourself the day in between maybe kind of helps with your body. So you're like, it's not like you're still have psilocybin in your system when you get to the next ceremony. But I think, um, the retreat leaders explained it to me as like they really want people, and I recommend this in my book too, to, especially if it's your first time on mushrooms, which with retreats that can be the case with guests. Um, right, right. They really want you to get to know how it feels in your body on a lower dose and to start practicing your navigation skills, like start practicing surrendering and letting go and just breathing before you give people higher doses. Um, and also the retreat leaders can see how everyone rela- uh, reacts, see who might need a little extra help, you know, a little extra attention. Mm-hmm. These kinds of things are important for them to know. Um, and then as you get into higher doses, you know, everyone has more experience. They are practicing their skills. They know what to expect a little more. And it can just be easier for you to navigate, you know, a five or a four or a seven grand trip once you've like had this practice. You feel really safe in this container with all these other people. You've started opening up to them. You like them. And then once you get to the last ceremony, these higher doses, you're kind of really ready to let go and go there and I really did as a guest I actually realized um, before you called me that today is the exact one year anniversary since my third 
ceremony, the third and highest trip of the retreat I did a year ago. And um, I had like, I, I had my first, or not, I don't know if it was my first, but I, I, I really had a kind of like, it's hard for me to even say, but like a mystical type experience. And, and I was like, I really think it was because we had worked up to that point. It was like a whole yeah. story arc. Um, and, and it was a really beautiful, um, beautiful experience that, um, we can talk more about so it. Do you want to want. share a little bit about that? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I was yeah. like, should I get into this? <laughs> I mean, so I had been struggling, like, uh, I mean, I struggle with a lot of stuff, but um, at the time, you know, I had just started writing the book and I was struggling with a lot of anxiety and imposter syndrome and just like really not feeling mm. good enough or worthy to do what I was doing and like a total fraud and, In my first two experiences, which were at 1.5 and 2.5 grams, you know, I started to like kind of forgive myself for those feelings, start to accept them, but it was very intellectual. Um, And my third experience, I took four grams um, and it was just like this beautiful, all-knowing place that I reached that was just like... So I literally thought like, oh, you're silly human problems. Like that's what I called them. Like kind of looking at all the anxiety I had was like kind of petty and that I've really beat myself up and get stuck in this place of kind of just hating myself when it's really just like I want the best for myself and I want to produce my best work and and all that kind of thing. But, you know, it really, I really, I kind of forget that and I just kind of turn it into like you're stupid, you're worthless, what are you doing? doing and it's just this really ugly yeah. place that I can put myself in and on that mystical type experience I was just I was just like a ball of light like I could feel my light like touching everyone even though I'm not a very visual tripper like I didn't see light but I could feel it like I had it inside of me and it was always there but I just always forgot and that I had I was worthy and I was like that literally I could do anything, but like I'm the only one that's stopping me. All the boundaries and barriers, uh, I'm putting them up. It's not everyone else. It's not society. It's me. It's me reacting to things. And, and I really saw that everything I do is a choice and I can choose to do things differently. I tried to write about it in the book. I don't know if it it's hard to explain because it just sounds so kind of simple. It sounds kind of menial, right? It's like, well, obviously, but I just didn't fully understand it until that moment. And it, it does help me. It continues to help me to give me strength when I am really doubting myself and feeling bad. And when the social interactions, all the emails and everything just gets to be too much. And I just want to like retreat and get away and hide under my bed like that. that that, you know that I'm strong and um that I can do this and that other people like me or even if they don't it doesn't really matter that like it's not as bad as I think and even though it didn't totally change me after like I didn't leave that retreat a confident person without social anxiety it's like it's not like I'm no longer shy but I can just like work with it I can understand that like you know um you don't have to be outgoing all the time and you're not going to be confident all the time, but like 
that also you're not stupid and you're not worthless and like you have a lot of value and things to share and just remembering that can really give me strength and help me move forward instead of, like I said, my gut reaction to avoid. Um, I wish it got rid of my yeah. gut reaction, but it hasn't done and that's okay. Um, it just, it's given me a lot of insight to keep working with. And like I said, it was over a year ago and I'm still, or it was exactly a year ago. I'm still integrating it. I'm still learning these lessons. I'm still trying to remember these lessons. And, you know, it's a process. The work is never easy. The mystical experiences can be really fun. But sometimes integrating good experiences can be kind of tricky, too. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like it, uh, it's interesting because another interview I did, he mentioned that uh, he said something like how long people ask him, how long does it last? And he said, well, if you do it right, it never ends. That the, 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 quote, trip is just the beginning. That's, yeah, really and beautiful. And that you learn lessons, yeah, and you integrate these lessons. And so the trip doesn't end. It's just the beginning of your journey. Definitely. I think the community, what do we like to say? That it's a catalyst uh, for change, right? Like the trip doesn't change you. Yeah. But it's a catalyst. It's a tool in your toolbox to you know, whatever your toolbox is there for, whether it's to become a better person or a less depressed person, like it's just a tool. It's not the right. whole answer, which can be hard to remember when so much media is like psilocybin for addiction and all this kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, but it's not black and white, right? It's not cut and dry. Um, I think people can forget right. that. It's not I, like I, really I have this and I'm going to take a mushroom and then be done with it. Yeah. And it can be hard, like going in, you can have all these expectations like, oh yeah, this is going to be the thing that changes everything. Mm -hmm. And like, it might be right. But it's just a little more subtle than that. A little, a lot more hard work than that too. And I really try to explain that in the book and in my writing and stuff. Um, because I think that this psychedelic renaissance we're in is so great and positive and we're like destigmatizing drugs and psychedelics and entheogens like whatever you want to call it and and it's so positive for society like like that rick dublin thing you said like get out of the psychedelic closet like the thank you plant medicine movement it's all really important mm -hmm. but we also just have to like tell all sorts of stories and to just make people aware that like this is not a quick fix. This is like really committing yourself to like going really deep in your inner world and questioning things, questioning how you were raised, questioning how you react to things and, um, and also trusting yourself at the same time. It's complicated stuff. And so I just really want to give people the tools to do this. Um, you know, in the safest and healthiest way possible. Because having too many expectations, as we know, as more seasoned, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, psychonauts, entheogen users, like expectations can be your friend or your enemy when it comes to this stuff. Uh, and then into anything, really. So to just, just prepare yourself with the knowledge, but also just like be open and accepting. It's kind of like a contradiction, but that's, it's just so key. <laughs> Yeah. And that's what I like about your book is you're right. You know, you talk about everything from how to do it safely and, and dosage and set and setting to the integration, you know, and so it's a really good manual on how to kind of understand what you're talking about right now, that this isn't something that's like, oh, hey, let's just do this and all my problems will be over. It's, it can be very eye opening. It can be um, dramatic. It can be 
almost traumatic, the things you learn about yourself and you got to have a plan and, and work with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And give yourself like the space and the mental energy or to make sure you have the time and the mental energy in the days and weeks after your trip to continue to work on it. Yeah. Right. Because if you just bury it under the rug, I mean, that's an option too, but it's not going to really show you, like you can keep getting insights and lessons if you keep working with it by journaling or all these other like things I recommend in the book. Um, And I think like something I wanted to mention about the book is like, even though it's a guide for how to use mushrooms safely, like I really don't think there is a right or wrong way. Um, And so the guy, I mean, like safe is the right way. And the guy just gives people Mm. like considerations for people to do this in the safest way for them. It's not saying that like you have to do all these things, but these are what other people like to do. And you can pick and choose the ones that feel right to you. So you have the safest and maybe most effective, even though that word's like super weird to use in this (laughs) context, but you know, the most, the safe and beneficial psychedelic experience um i just wanted to give people agency to choose what was right for them to know what the community does what other mushroom users what experts recommend but then it's really up to you to to make the right situation ritual for your own personal self yeah yeah i like that i get that i was at a conference a plant medicine conference a couple months ago um I am a middle-aged guy. I'm a, you know, 51-year-old, gray hair, and I'm at this conference and suddenly found myself surrounded by other people of advanced age or whatever, just with a million questions. How do you get started? What should I do? Where should I go? And it's all like what you're saying. It's a matter of, you know, you kind of got to come to this in your own way. But your book is a great resource for them to really learn some really important things that, you know, when I'm sitting there getting surrounded by people asking all these questions i wish i had your book in my hand to say well here's how you do it you know read read this is that is that who you wrote the book for i mean who who is your your audience for this and i've got a couple other questions to jump back to but since we're talking about the book you know who is your audience and and who did you write this for why did you write it yeah yeah no of course so yeah my audience is like that exact crowd right like It's uh, people who are curious about this stuff, but they really don't know where to begin. Like maybe they use mushrooms once years ago in college or whatever. That's what I always hear, right? And they're like, oh, that was cool. But like, I don't know. You're talking about all this transformational stuff. Like I just had this like trippy, weird experience that I never want to think about again. And I'm like, well, that's part of the, let's like reconstruct this. (laughs) So yeah, the audience is, you know, for newbies um it can also be for people who have used before who want to like take their experience to like another level with like more intention or that kind of thing so i think that there are also some tips for more seasoned uh psychedelic users but i think that it's a great book for for a beginner and because our culture right now is shifting into this more open place about psilocybin mushrooms and other psychedelics it was really meant to be a resource like if more people are going to be curious about trying mushrooms than ever before like let's make sure that they have all the knowledge that 
that exists already in the community to have the most safe trip possible because you know back in the 60s when lsd was running wild and stuff i think that although this educational stuff sort of started to exist uh you know there was some like dangerous situations and people just like not preparing themselves in a safe and calm supportive environment and running out into public and you know, it's bad. some bad things happen. I think it's a little more over-exaggerated than we... Like, I don't want to say people are going to be jumping out of buildings because, like, I don't really know right. if that's even true. But we just want to make sure people really prepare their minds, their bodies, their situations um, for these really strong yeah. experiences. So I just want to make sure everyone has all the safety info they need to do it safely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it is really good, really good info. I mean, there's a several, you know, big reference books out there, but I haven't seen one that really kind of lays it all out like this for somebody really looking to do this and to get the right experience out of it and, and do it safely. Oh, thank you. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one, one thing I'm curious about is, you know, what parts of the book were kind of uh, more personal to you? You know, as you, as you, I mean, obviously you have to fill in and give a complete you know, book here to cover, you know, nearly all the bases if that's possible. But as you wrote it, which parts were like really important to you or personal to you based on your experiences or just based on you as a person? Mm, Yeah, that's a good question. Um, One of the chapters I struggled with the most because um, not that it was like, well, it was the how to, what to expect chapter, right? And so I was trying to describe what mushrooms like feel like. And it was so hard because I only know my personal experience. And when I'm learning, you know, talking to so many other people and starting to work in this like retreat circuit is the mushrooms feel really different for individual people. And so I can explain my own personal experiences like, my body starts to feel different at first, you know, all these kinds of things. And I do explain it. I have a whole chapter on it, but it was really tough because it was like, that's just what they feel like for me. And like I mentioned briefly before, like on mushrooms, I don't get a lot of like visual stuff. And so that was like, I was really confused, like, because people do. And like, how do I explain something that I don't really experience? And that was like hard, but you know, I'm also a journalist, so I could use my skills of like interviewing other people and that kind of thing to form like a bigger picture for our folks. But that was like super tricky for me. Um, Yeah. I think it's tricky for anybody. (laughs) Yeah. Just to explain it at all. And then to explain it in this way, that's like supposed to prepare people without giving them too many expectations. So they can like, you know, kind of know what to expect. So they don't feel scared when it comes on, but also like if they're expecting too many specific things and then they get something else like that can just like change their whole mindset. Right. And so that was like tricky. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, my intro is very more, more personal, like my personal experience, mm-hmm. and I didn't even get too deep into it. I think because it was meant to be a guide, I wasn't trying to make it too much about me, even though I like kind of flavor it with some of my own personal experiences. I right. really wanted it to um, to just like give people advice rather than learn from my own mistakes or experience, and maybe right. another book will go into more of my journeys but I guess also talking about integration and the lessons I learned and then how I'm like fixing them is pretty personal like I go into this one lesson that I got on a 
like a moderate dose, which is like I could kind of see how like demanding I can be with my partner of like over five years. We live together. We have this beautiful life together. Um, but I'm always really busy and stressed out with work. And so I can like be really demanding of him like, oh, can you like sweep the floors, make dinner, walk the dogs, do all this stuff for me because my like <laughs> whole life is too important to stop. And, and I saw that that was like just just my ego and just me being like kind of rude. Um, and I really, and it caused me a lot of shame in the trip. I was like crying a lot. I was like, oh my God, I'm such uh, a dick. Like I love him so much. He, and he must love me so much to actually do all these things for me that I'm demanding of him. Um, but it wasn't like a negative experience. It was eye opening. It was like, I don't have to be like that. I can be you know, like, yeah, my job's important, but like my dogs are important. Keeping my house clean is also important. And also like doing these things and taking a big role in our shared responsibilities is important. And, and that I yeah. want to, you know, and I love him and I want to show him I love him. And so I'm still like, it's a year later and I'm still working on this. I'm like still trying to make dinner more often. I'm a terrible cook. He's a really good cook, which makes it hard. So, but <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like, trying to like take a bigger hand in this stuff um because that's what i saw i needed to do when i had that realization yeah, yeah i go into some little stuff like that um in the book and and also some other like folks that i interviewed experiences a little just like little tips and pieces of advice or like mistakes that they learned from to like help the readers you know not make that mistake maybe <laughs> right yeah that's great <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, you know, speak, speaking of your, your partner, and I saw um, a photo of you on Instagram with your parents, which is just <laughs> wonderful. Um, so I, I take it, there's two parts to this. One is, you're, you're an author and a writer. I mean, you've written, like I said, uh, you know, Playboy, Rolling Stone, and, so, and you have this book. So it's not like you're hiding anything, <laughs> right? So I have like, Two, two parts to it. One is how, how have your friends and family, you know, accepted this and reacted to, to this? And, and the second part is, have you encountered any kind of a, of a stigma that when you explain this to somebody that they go, ooh, isn't that dangerous? Aren't you going to die? You know, or what's wrong with you? You know, both, both parts of that. It's like, how's your friends, the people close to you, how have they reacted? And on the other hand, other people have, you know, have you gotten any kind of pushback? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. So um, I'm really lucky to have super supportive friends and family. Um, and that was part of that Facebook right. post that you're mentioning. Um, you know, because I have been writing about this stuff now, like I started writing about cannabis before I moved into psychedelics. Um, mm -hmm. And I've been just like really open about my use because my whole like goal or my whole deal, you know, is to really contribute to the destigmatization of, of all yeah. um, substances. Like cannabis and psychedelics are really important to me because they help me a lot. But I, um, you know, I have been a drug user for most of my adult life and, and stigma um, really makes people feel worse. Even if they're using drugs that aren't like as insightful as mushrooms, even if you're using like heroin or something like, you know, um, all the negative stigma only like makes you feel worse about your own use. And it can just get yeah. people caught in these really like shameful, bad places that probably just perpetuates more unhealthy drug use. Right. Um, 
And so it's really important for me to contribute to that destigmatization. But, you know, my friends and family, like, they know. <laughs> like, I haven't really come out to them because they've known this stuff for, like, 15 years, <laughs> which I'm really it's lucky. you are. That's, and they've been accepting. And I'm, like I said, I'm so grateful. And I know I'm lucky. And I know not everyone is like that. And it's been really interesting yeah. with that particular Facebook post because I've gotten a bunch of comments or people reaching out to me, you know, total strangers. And they're like, you know, at first when I told my mom, like, she was so worried and she was like, oh my God, what are you doing, LSD? Uh, but then when I explained to her, like, <laughs> how much it helps me, um, then, like, I changed her mind, and now she's, like, okay with it. She knows that, like, I'm making the best choices for me, and I'm, or, like, I had this one person respond to me, and they were, like, you know, my mom was, like, really against drugs, and then, you know, she started noticing that I was just, like, acting different. I was just, like, a little nicer or less stressed out. I forget their exact, like, um, what they told me, their exact example, and my mom asked me, like, what's going on with you? You seem so happy. And I told her, well, I had this really powerful mushroom journey. And she was like, and then she was willing to listen because she could really like see the difference in that person's behavior. And I yeah. think that's like really beautiful. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm lucky that people aren't, my close family aren't like, you know, rejecting me. But, you know, if I did this 10 years ago, who knows what would have happened? I think the the timing and the culture is really right for all mm -hmm. this right now. So I'm just like also lucky in, in all that respect. But as far as stigma and being out, like, sure, I still, you know, uh, encounter stigma. I actually was quoted in this article like two years ago by the Associated Press um, because I had this like tweet that was like, Whenever I meet a new stranger and tell them what I do, which at the time I was a weed writer, um, I immediately follow it by like acting as nice and friendly and mainstream as possible so they don't think I'm high. And it's still something that I think I kind of do from like internalized stigma. I just like, you know, like I tell people yeah. like, oh, I work in drugs. And then they look at like, and I don't dress, like I don't have tattoos or piercings or something. Like I'm a punk on the inside, like not on the outside, you know? And so like right. people don't realize, and then they look at me and they're like, oh, like bleh. but so but like not so much. I think that's like all in my head. And so I, um, I don't know. I'm just trying to be like both open about this stuff, but like, and, and if people do show me some stigma, like, you know, not taking it personally and maybe just trying to educate them, maybe being like, well, why do you feel that way? And they'll probably tell me something like, well, I took dare in school or, or, you know, or something like, well, my brother's an addict or something. And that's like a little harder for me to, uh, you know, I don't want to convince people that all yeah. drugs are good, but like that, you know, not all drugs are super bad and that they can have benefits. And, and I think with cannabis and psychedelics, what we're seeing first um, is that, you know, we destigmatize the medical use. Like this happened, like, you know, started to happen like 20 years ago with cannabis. Like, you know, it helps cancer patients, it helps AIDS patients. And then we can like just kind of progress it. And now, now cannabis is a little bit more accepted as just like a pastime and that kind of thing. And I think that's kind of maybe right. the trajectory that psychedelics are on. Like first we're destigmatizing how they benefit people um, and their medical uses with treatment resistant depression and PTSD. And maybe we can, you know, as the culture shifts, open up the public to, well, just like 
personal growth or inner journey work or just like connecting with yourself and your friends. Like I also don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, doing mushrooms for sort of like just fun and deep connection and love. Like, so, but the culture might, yeah, but not everyone agrees. (laughs) They'll be like, well, you don't have a guide and all this stuff. And, and so I think it's just, it's a slow, it's a progression. It's actually not that slow. It's been pretty fast recently. Um, and so, yeah, if you encounter stigma, I'd say just pro- probe it a little and see, see where that stigma comes from. And maybe you can educate that person and maybe we can all change the stigma just like one person at a time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. All right. Um, well, I guess we're getting close to wrapping this up is, uh, before I, I ask you the last question, did you have anything else on your mind that you just wanted to get out there? I mean, not that I can think of. All this stuff has been on my mind a lot. So I just really appreciate the opportunity to get it out there. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's been fun. So what, what is next for you then? What, what's coming from you and, and kind of what inspires you these days? Oh, well, yeah, that's a good question. So I, um, I'm about to go on a little mini book tour. So that's what I'm like really focused on. And um, that's like what's really next. Like, I leave in two, in a week from today, I'm flying to Denver. So I'm going to be going to Denver, the Bay Area, Los Angeles, and Vancouver, Canada um, in the last two weeks of March. It's all on my Instagram and stuff. But um, I'm giving like a little s- series of talks on how to use mushrooms safely, right. which is like, yeah, the info from my book, but different than like a regular author reading. Like I've prepared this whole presentation um, also for beginners or like, you know, psychedelic naive or curious people to just give them like the safety basics on what they need to know on how to trip safely or trip like an adult, which is my like little catchphrase. Um, And yeah, I just really hope to, uh, you know, meet the community and, and educate people. So if they are curious about this kind of thing, you know, they're armed with, with all the safety knowledge they need. And in the presentation, I do go into a little bit more depth on some of my personal experiences and stuff. So, and I will be like signing and selling some books. So I hope that people come out and meet me and I'm really excited for that. And I'm also going to come to the East Coast. I'm going to do some stuff in New York, Philadelphia, and maybe up in the Boston area and maybe in Toronto, I'm not sure, um, in May of this year. So people can come and ask me their questions and get my advice and, um, yeah, want to go on a little tour, which is really exciting. Nice. So that's what's really – that's what's coming up next. (laughs) Nice. Well, that's beautiful. I like that. I will put links to those. And as I see them coming out in the future, I'll, I'll keep it updated as much as I can. Oh, that's really kind. Thank try you get, so much. Yeah, try to get the word out. Well, I, I like that. Well, <laughs> Michelle, thank you so much for doing this. It, it has been a real pleasure talking to you, and I hope that um, everybody goes out there and gets their copy of your psilocybin mushroom companion that you've got out there because everybody could use it, and you'll make things a lot better for people if they do. Oh, thank you so much. It's been an honor. I've had a great time chatting with you. That concludes this edition of the Stone Ape Reports. Thank you for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at Stoned Ape Comedy and subscribe to our newsletter at www.stonedapecomedy.com. Again, thanks for listening and catch you next time, Stoned Apes.